Hello, I am Kayla. And I am Thomas. And we are Copper Boom PCAST. So, feels like it's been a while, but we are jumping into Season 1, Episode 8, Love and War and Snow. This episode was written by Joan Binder Weiss, directed by Alan Meyerson. Original air date was December 14th, 2000. So, prime December snowfall time. And the... DVD synopsis is Rory's out of town, the first snowfall of the year, Blanket Stars Hollow, and Lorelai invites Max into her home after their spectacular first date. One problem, an unexpected guest, Lane, is there. Um, I'm going to try and read my chicken scratch in my new notebook um, <laughs> for the Netflix's synopsis. Snow strands Rory at her grandparents' home while Lorelai spends the day with her beau. Meanwhile, Lane misses Rory and comes to visit. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> they they they've got it. I feel like they're always so different, the two of them. But I'm glad that they we added are, adding I, in both. I do too. I will say I like. Um the like box set description more usually. Yes, well and I think especially if you depending if if you've seen the episode or not, because that's one thing with Netflix is like if you read the description and you're watching a show for the first time, it sucks when it spoils big things that happen. Yeah. And, and I, think I feel like Netflix with, does like, that often. Shows. Yes. Yeah. Especially with older shows. Yeah. Um, I remember watching like Orange is the New Black when it premiered and it wouldn't even give you a description of the episodes. It would just say mm-hmm. episode one, episode two, and then later on when the next season like premiered, then they would put like a description. Okay. I think it was just for like the first season. Unless I'm it's completely hard, making this up. <laughs> I like when there is a description, so if I like because sometimes it's like, oh, watching, and then we'll watch on a different account. Like, if I'm with my mom or something, and then it's like, wait, where was I? And sometimes having just mm-hmm. enough of a description where you can tell, like, yes, I saw that episode, or no, I didn't is good, but not to spoil things is yeah. where it's hard. All right. And then one side note thing that I didn't really realize until, because I didn't look at the original air date until right before we started recording, and this was December 14th. It kind of surprises me that this was the first snowfall, because that, it's possible, but that seems late for the first snowfall of the winter. Yeah. I mean, I know it definitely happens, but... What I'm thinking is it could have been, it wasn't keeping up with, like, what actual day it was in the storyline or whatever. So it could be like, oh, they're in the beginning of November or And I think that's accurate because we have two episodes from now. There is conversation about it being early. For a Christmas party. And that episode. Aired December 21st. So I think. We can think of it as being like. This is the. Like two weeks earlier. Than what it actually aired. 
to make sense. Okay, that helps me out a little bit. Now I can get back into it. Um, I didn't even think about that though, but now it's like, <clears throat> I mean, it's October and Julian's already asking when it's going to snow. I was like, well, it might snow before Halloween, but probably hopefully Very not until true. after. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump in first. The cold open, we get our first town meeting and that makes me happy. We meet Andrew, we meet the mayor. And we get introduced to town reenactments. So we get so much like, this is Stars Hollow, get in a little bit deeper right in the cold open. Mm-hmm. Which I love. Um, I love how Taylor, um, in his own words, is being persecuted. And mm-hmm. it's something so like frivolous. And he just like makes it into like this huge dramatic event and it's like Taylor calm down like you have many many more things to worry about later on you're fine dude when I love love the like Luke's rant I love all of Luke's rants but the idea that like they're so obsessed with this reenactment of this battle that almost supposedly almost that could have happened. And it just very much feels like that's so fitting for the small town that like, like they have history for sure. You know, they are in Connecticut in a very historical place, but I think sometimes there's so much like, Oh, part of being a small town in a new England state means we need to have this really cool history. So we need to like strap onto anything that is almost historical, like almost has historical significance. And there's something really sweet about that where it's like, okay, you know, like Luke says, like, well, no, like you sound more like a stood up prom date than soldiers that have this valor and stuff where it's like, the biggest thing that they can reenact is like, oh, we all stood here and waited for battle. Like, and it's like, okay, that's great. They were ready. You know, these 12 guys were ready to defend this little town. But in the end, it's like nothing happened, but they still celebrate it, which is fun and quirky and stars hollow in a nutshell, I feel like. Very true. And I will say, I find it ridiculous that they reenact it. Like, I I love it because it's, tradition um but it's just ridiculous that they like would just do it well it's a little bit funny too another like reenactment thing that i think of is in sweet home alabama um when like her dad was her not her dad maybe it is dad i don't remember um not my not my favorite parts of that movie, but like when her dad and all of the guys are reenacting where it's like they're just all dressed as soldiers and like pretend like pretending to have an actual battle where it's like you've got the gunfire and people pretending to be dead and stuff. It's like you see something like that as a reenactment, and then you've got we're just gonna stand here in the cold and shiver and be crabby if anyone makes a comment. Like just Yum. these polar opposite kind of things. But I like I it. I have never actually, like, seen the entirety of Sweet Home Alabama. Um, I think I got up to where Reese Witherspoon's character 
goes back home to get a divorce and like she goes in with her key and then the guy is like mad and calls the sheriff and then or officer mm-hmm. whoever it was and he just like comes and he's like oh it's you like how yeah. are you like you're buddy buddy and then he the guy is just like what the hell this is not what i planned like this is not what i wanted and you like, well, need to watch it. I do. I do. I love Patrick Dempsey. I love Reese Witherspoon. And it. I hear it's an amazing movie. It is. Like, um, it is a movie that you should be watching multiple times a year. Like, it is a, like, I mean, I just love chick flicks, but it's a great one. And um, should I watch that after we're done instead of watching Hocus? Yes, <laughs> I think that you need to watch Sweet Home Alabama before you can watch Hocus Pocus. It amazes me that you have not seen the whole thing. Like anybody who halfway likes chick flicks and also has ever watched TV, and someone who likes movies, that if those things happen, like. I was going to say, it took me like 23 or 24 years to watch Forrest Gump. Well, that's a classic, but this is one where like, this is more in the idea of like, Sweet Home Alabama is in the same realm, I feel like, I'm sure some people might argue with me, of like, The Notebook and Pretty Woman and yes kind of like that error of like i do love those other two movies okay so you'll love it it's great and then you can make the quote of why would you want to be married to me so i can kiss you anytime i want and it's the cutest thing and you need to watch it okay now i'm gonna if you don't watch it then i'm gonna have a full-on luke rant next time that we talk (laughs) oh my god i'm not watching it now just (laughs) i am that my vendetta. I'll find something else to have a Luke rant about because you need to watch it. Um, it. Now I want to watch it. Okay. <sighs> My mom's coming over for we're going to have lunch and go to the park. Maybe we'll have to watch that before she can leave too because it's good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know exactly where we're. I will mention Snow. Okay. Because Snow I feel like is its own character in this episode. And Snow is something that I feel like can evoke such polar opposite different feelings and emotions, which we even see. Like, I mean, comparing Lorelai's feelings about snow and, like, Emily and Michelle's feelings about the snow. It's polar opposite, and you see that everywhere. So, two questions. One is, can you smell snow? Yes. Okay. And how do you feel about snow? Um, I love snow. Um, well, it's more of a love-hate relationship. I love snow, but I hate snow. I love it when it is very pretty and it just, like, is falling so, like, effortlessly. Um, I love it when it's in the trees and, like, on the ground, except when it's in the roads Mm -hmm. or on top of my car. (laughs) Or when it's blizzarding out. <laughs> um, but I I love snow regardless. I love throwing snowballs. Um, and just like the smell of snow is just so good. And I am Lorelai when it comes to like rain. There are okay. times at work 
where I will walk past the drive-thru window and I would just have that, like, get that smell. I'm like, ooh, it's going to rain soon. And a little bit later, it starts raining. One of my coworkers was like, you're a freaking witch. Is <laughs> the time you've done this, you need to stop. I'm like, it's not my fault that I can smell rain. Because, like, I'm always the happiest when it's raining. Because everything is just calm and quiet. Mm-hmm. Like Lorelai says about the snow. Which, when I rewatched it, I'm like, I reflected on that. Like, it really does. Like, time moves slower when it's snowing. Yeah, especially the first snows, which, like, I I feel like you can smell snow. I feel like you can more smell, like, the cold with snow, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, like, I love the smell. I love the smell of fall. And Adam always tries to... (laughs) To point out to me, like, oh, well, that's the smell of rotting leaves. And it's like, well, I don't care. It's, I love that smell. Like, it is a good Autumn smell. is my favorite time of year. Like, that's where, that's the one thing that, one of the things that snow has as a downfall for me is that means the end of fall. And I could live in an eternal fall with a couple days of the other seasons. Um, but I, we just had in like a week. I know. I, uh, I, I don't know. The leaves are really pretty right now. We've got some like great bright orange and burgundy ones around that are just beautiful. But with snow, like I I love snow. I hate slush and I am not crazy about the cold. Cause like I I always loved snow growing up in a small town living in the country where it's like, yeah, blizzard type weather is not good if you have to get to town because mm-hmm you don't have an option other than driving and we never got plowed out until way later. So we usually just couldn't leave, which I kind of like, there's something nice about that. As long as you're not like without things that you need, um, Mm -hmm. which you can just be prepared for. But like, I, I mean, I grew up in the country where it's like, like I said, we lived on a dead end road that usually was the last to get plowed. If it ever did get plowed often, it didn't. So we would get snowed in and then having like a fire going and seeing all the snow outside like that, co- like snuggled in a blanket, that is like perfection. Um, but when I lived in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, my feelings about snow started to change because then you have horrible driving, slushy, gross roads where it's like you don't get much of the pretty snow anymore. All of a sudden, it's just the nasty, slushy, gross stuff. And I don't like that at all. So for me, it depends on where I am. But Very true. When I lived with my parents, um, we were like in the suburbs. So we weren't like in the cities. Um, So it was a little bit better driving wise. Our road was still one of the last to get plowed. Um, But it was like, it was so nice. Like it didn't get dirty it was so blinding when the sun was out and it's like i don't want to go outside i will become blind (laughs) by literally just having my eyes open like this is unacceptable um but it's just it was always so pretty but the days where it was sunny you could go out in a tank top shorts like one day I wore 
flip-flops with that outfit to get the mail. And it was nice. Yeah. I was a weird child growing up. <laughs> no wonder I'm always cold. <laughs> Just sticks in your bones. All right. So I... Well, okay. I guess first let's talk a little bit more about the reenactment. And then I want to jump over to some Suki talk. So... A couple things with the reenactment that I noticed. One, it's so interesting to me that, like, Luke mentions that his dad was buried with his musket. And I do a little bit wonder. So I'm like, okay, is Luke, Luke has this, like, animosity towards the reenactors and that whole process, but he also is a complete softy about it, you know, like bringing them drinks and whatever. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, are his feelings so strong because he thinks it's ridiculous and stupid? Or is it because like that was such a big part of his dad's life? Like we see him get very emotional about so many things with his dad, you know, like he took over his dad's business. He later on, we see different things that like he really, really struggled. And I think still does with his dad's death. So like, is the reenactment, like, is a big part of it just that that's a reminder to him of his dad and something that was so big in his dad's life? I think, because he even said that he made fun of his dad and thought it was ridiculous Mm -hmm. for him doing it and whatnot. So I think, like, in the beginning, yes, he thinks it's ridiculous and stupid. Um... But then him thinking about his father made him be, like, more compassionate. And which I absolutely love. I love when Luke shows his compassion towards other people instead of his grumpy demeanor. Um, And which is one of the main reasons why, like, I fall in love with him every time I watch the series. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely think it is him missing his father and trying to look at it from that point of view, like his father's point of view of its tradition, it's bonding time with their friends and like, it's not hurting anybody. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous and stupid to sit outside for like basically the entire night freezing and like risk getting sick. Like it's kind of adorable. Yeah, honest, I think like, it is that tradition, right? And it's sweet. And I think that there's something great about traditions that people enjoy doing. Like if it's a forced tradition, that's one thing. But this seems like it's you know it's people volunteering to be a part of this tradition, and it doesn't. It's not like the whole town has to do something other than halfway acknowledge that they're there. You know, so yeah. I agree. And one thing, so another thing of seeing like Luke being soft is he looks so devastated when he sees Lorelai happily walking with another guy. Like he yes. just looks like you see his heart break. And I will say, I think that's also a reason why Luke becomes a softie with the reenactors is he is feeling bad. And I think he wants to do something nice to boost his spirits. But I think, but I think him seeing that was gets, a palace to it, but he was still, like, devastated. He takes their drink orders, though, before he sees them, because it's like he talks to them, gets what they want, and then he turns around and sees them. 
So he was already that in like the soft, true. sweet mode. Yeah. Damn it, I was trying to make a nice connection with it, Sorry. and then my brain. Like, <laughs> Don't yeah, mean to crush your dreams. <sighs> and this is why I wanted to rewatch it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Bring it to family. <laughs> well, I'm like, so with you know, like we see Luke seeing Lorelai, and like he looks devastated. She looks just you know gleeful and just so happy. It's like, which I mean, you start in the beginning of the episode, you've got the whole voicemail thing, which is like. It's cute, a little bit crazy, um, but, you know, at least the voicemail is directed directly to Lorelai this time, so I'm not mad at Max for the voicemail, <laughs> and I feel like Lorelai's, like, her name just came out really funny, Lorelai's repetitive listening is both, like, cute and a little bit crazy, like, I don't know, but I love when she's listening to it, and she just, like, throws the blanket over herself, and since they're listening to it, I feel like you see where it's like, okay, she really does like Max. Like, she just has this, like, giddy, like, excitement about a new blossoming relationship. And I feel like that is, like, really cute and sweet. And it really sets the mood for, like, their story in this episode. Yes. And I will say I do like that. I like the voicemail. Um, It is adorable. The with Max saying his last name every single time was also hilarious because that's like the beginning when they first met, they would, Lorelai would be like, Max Medina. And he's like, nope, Max. And she's like, nope, I'm saying your, like your whole yep. name. Like, um, so I like how he also like, is just saying his full name with it. Um, but I like that he left a voicemail and like was saying how, excited he was to see her and it was very romantic and as someone who is like a hopeless romantic even though there have been multiple times like every day I'll be like eh I'm gonna be forever alone like all this self-deprecating stuff um but like I would love to have that at some point of like leaving voicemails for my significant other getting voicemails and just like down listen be happy and I just love how Lorelai sits on the couch with the blanket, just like content. And when Rory comes in being like, what are you doing? It's kind of like, Rory, why are you like bringing down the vibe? Like, be happy. I understand why you think it's weird. Just, but it's your mom, be happy. But what time was this? Like, was Rory sleeping and was woken up hearing? That does not matter. The repetitiveness, I don't know. I maybe, but I mean, she doesn't like tell her like stop. That's awful or something. You know, like she's a little bit pushback, but overall, it's like whatever. You know, just you also have to you do think your thing. How many times Rory has woken up Lorelai with crying when she was younger? It's like this is another chance that Lorelai gets to wake her up. Like how you like it. You kept waking me up when you were growing up. Now it's my turn. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Um, okay. So I know you were kind of saying about like how romantic it all is. Do you feel like it was the magic of the snow that brought Max to Stars Hollow? Kind of how, how Lorelai says of it being fate. Yes. I, and I guarantee it. I think that he a little bit was like, 
Okay, I'm having issues. Oh, good. I'm close to Stars Hollow. He had to have thought about Lorelai. There's no way that he, you know, is getting stranded in Stars Hollow and wasn't thinking about, like, I wonder what Lorelai is doing and if I could run into her. Like, not that he intentionally did, because, I mean, that was her stumbling upon him. But if he would have been stranded there and not gotten in touch with her, that would have been bad. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly think that if she did not run into him, he would have, like, talked with people, be like, hey, I am looking for Lorelai. And, like, in his weird kind of way, kind of explain, being like, yeah, we're kind of seeing each other kind of thing. Like, it's not creepy or anything kind of way because he likes to over-explain things sometimes. Um, He did know where she lived, though. So I could see him, like, going to her house and then... And then Babette seeing him before he gets to the door, and then he never gets to make it to Lorelai's door because Babette keeps him there all night and makes him spend the night there until his car is fixed. Yeah, Babette. That would have been a fun episode. (laughs) I like this episode, but that would have been fun just to be like almost become a bottle episode of Max, Babette, and Maury. Oh. We need more Babette Mori episodes, like, in the entire series. Yes. I would have loved a spinoff of them. It would be so good. Like, and they could sing the opening. Or have Miss Patty, that actress, sing the opening. Which, I mean, if there was a spinoff about Babette and Maury, Miss Patty would have to be there. You could get away with not yeah. having the rest of Stars Hollow if you really wanted to, but Babette and Miss Patty are our best friends. They they need each other. Um, okay, so, you know, obviously that's not what happened. We get Lorelai and Max get their first, first date is very impromptu and fun, and I like, it's just so, like, it flows so nicely. It just seems so natural and casual. And I really like that where like you can see they're both smitten with each other and excited and like just really swept up in all of it. And it just seems fun. And like I said, natural, you know, and like going to the movie, they have their first kiss at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I, like jumping ahead a little bit, I just Max's approach of volunteering to be the guy that she invites in was very like he's got this like smoothness about him where it's like, you know, if you altered his personality, he would be like smarmy, but because he doesn't have that, like he he's not arrogant, but he's confident. And like Yeah. He's smooth, and I think it works well for him. I I will agree. He is very smooth. There are times where it's not as smooth and feels yeah. better, but for the most part, he is a pretty smooth person. He's also nerdy, so he's nerdy and smooth. So sometimes those flip flop of which is stronger. True. Very true. And my goodness, like, the two of them are, like, obviously they have chemistry. And I feel like when they go into Lorelai's, like, that is steamier than, like, 
possibly any other couple coupling that we see in this show. Like, they are just, like, going right for it and are, like, not thinking about anything else in the world at all. No, and, like, that's why when Lane pops out and he's just like, um, how many kids did you say you have? <laughs> and then more like, like, just the one? And then it's Lane. It's just, like, hilarious. Like, I feel bad. But... Do you feel bad for Max, Lorelai, or Lane? Lane and Lorelai. Okay. Like, Max can wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, we know that Lorelai was sick of waiting based on a couple episodes ago when she was trying to tell Suki that it's been a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knows. Okay. Anyway, um, Lane, though. Okay. I felt so bad for her. Like, that girl. Like, you could feel her embarrassment. Like, I felt embarrassed for her. Like, when she is there and she sees Lorelai and Max making out, like, I felt that, like, think of being this teenage girl. And you go over, you're wanting to see your best friend because you're already embarrassed. And mm-hmm. then you see her mom, who's like a second mom to you, just making out with this guy who you don't know. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't be here. I got to get away. You know, like having that moment mm-hmm. all over again, because it's like she has that major, sweet, sad, embarrassing moment when she puts her fingers through root rich blumenfeld's hair and then she almost has to like relive that so it's like in that moment she's like oh my gosh what am i doing i need to get away from here and then yeah. she sees max and Lorelai, and she's like oh my gosh what am i doing here i need to get away like my heart just breaks for her like that sweet right. teenage heart like this episode was not kind to lane that much i felt so bad one it was hilarious when she ran her hand through um, Rich's hair, which his hair did look very nice. He has very nice um, hair. And every time, like I've seen this episode easily 50 times, but every time I'm like, no, like, no, don't actually do it. Like you should just be right? thinking about this. Don't do it. <laughs> it's so funny because she actually does. And I remember when I first I watched it, like, oh, she's not going to do it. And then she does it. It's literally like, I think it was a Vine or a TikTok where it's like, don't do it, girl. I'm not going to do it. I did it. <laughs> literally what Lane did. He's like, she thought about it. Then she's like, no. And then she's like, you know, I am going to do it. And then she does it. It's like, girl, run. I don't like how every single person just turns and looks. Like, even the people yeah. who have no idea what is happening like instantly looking and when no one else says anything and it's like if they would have added someone saying like oh look at what lane's doing kind of thing before do they all move. look when she starts running or when she's putting her hand through his hair when she's putting okay um, yeah because that like her. would not be noticed and like his reaction was actually kind of sweet like i would be curious to know like what if anything did ever come of that if he ever said anything because he looked like surprised but he didn't like it wasn't like a mocking her or like a what the heck are you doing or like a pushing away or anything like it was just like a mm-hmm. what kind of thing like i mean maybe he was just out of it i don't know but also okay 
sweet lane. I know she's a teenage girl, but what happened to Todd? She was like falling for Todd last episode saying about like, oh, like I can't, I've been, you know, talking to Dean's, Dean's friend. I really want you to set us up. Like mm-hmm. making it sound like she's in love with this guy. And then it's like, oh my gosh, she found her, her dream guy now. And it's this other guy, you know? And like, I mean, that's such a teenager thing to be like, I love this person a couple of days later. Oh, I'm in love with this person, you know? But oh yeah. Like that is definitely a high school, like teenager thing. Like when I would be watching movies, like, ooh, that dude's hot. Or even classmates be like, ooh, he's handsome. Yeah. And like, blah blah blah. And then it would change like five days later. It'd be like, mm, you're not <laughs> as handsome as I thought. Well, ooh, I feel like I always it. had I always had where it was like the person that I actually liked that I didn't really tell anybody about liking them. And then there was like the standard of like, oh, everybody likes this person. So if I could ask who I like, that's who I'll say kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like, I know I definitely had that where it's like, okay, this is the, you know, these are the couple of guys that are considered the the best catches in our in our grade. That's who my default is to say. And then I was like, oh, no, I really like this person. <laughs> but I can't tell anybody that. Um, and I don't know. So everything with Lane, she is such a third wheel. And I know that's such a common thing of, you know, your friend gets a new girlfriend or boyfriend and that's where they want to spend all the time. And you kind of get left out for a while until things change in that relationship or whatever. Like, have you been like the third wheel or the clueless in puppy love friend? Like, have you ever been the Lane or the Rory in this situation? I've been both. Um, and I, I hate being both um, when it happens because I don't want my friends when I am like that third wheel to have to change what they're doing if we're hanging out. Or if they're like, oh, hey, I was, like, asked out to do this. Like, can we change plans? It's like, oh, yeah, like, that's totally fine. Like, it's very understandable. And I'm more than happy to change the plans. But it's like when it keeps happening and being like, yeah, like, no worries. Like, I understand kind of thing. It does hurt being like, I have done this way too many times for you, like, and you're not even paying attention to, like, me or making, like, an effort to see me and hang out with me kind of thing, so it's, like, I'm being pushed on the back burner. Um, But, like, I've also (laughs) been that person who was, like, dating somebody and, like, changing plans for them and then, like, when I would will notice it, I'd be like, you know what, no, I have neglected my friends for you. Like, I'm going to neglect you for a night so I can see my friends because they are just and more, most likely more important than you are now. Um, but it, it sucks to be both. But, like, it happens all the time. Yeah. And I know, like, I've been both. I've more sadly been the Rory and... <laughs> I don't like realizing that because I don't like that. Um, But it's like, I mean, in high school, you know, I remember having a tough conversation with a friend where she kind of called me out on it of like, you know, you spend all your time with him. Like, I get it. But, you know, what about us kind of thing? Um, Mm -hmm. 
And like, I know in college that happened a bit too, but that I don't feel as bad about because that was more when it was with Adam where it's like, I mean, I do feel bad because I care about my friendships and don't want to make any friends ever feel like that. But it's like, well, I ended up marrying him. So I'm glad I spent the time with him. But, um, <laughs> but I also actually the same friend who had to talk to me in high school when that was regarding my high school boyfriend um, also had that conversation with me when I was with like when before Adam and I started dating, but we were talking all the time because I was with her and she's like, okay, get off your phone. Like, you know, <laughs> be in the moment, leave him behind. He's just a stupid guy kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like you have to grow out of that a bit, but yeah, and like not like prioritize, but basically like prioritize like management of it. Of I will give the man X amount of time, and then I will give my friend X amount of time, and there will be some overlap. Of I will message if I'm with the other, but it might be a delayed message. When I think some of it's even just having like having that personal accountability and sense of time management where it's like, you should be able to balance both as Mm -hmm. long as it's not an obsession with either or like not caring about either. And well, that's like, we're at the end of Rory and Lane, like at the end, you know, they're like, Oh, like, you know, you came first. Do you don't have to deal with that? And it's like, it's made as this very sweet thing, but it's like at the same time, like, well, you don't want to completely flip it where, Dean feels fully left out like you don't care about your relationship with him like you've got to kind of find balance and I mean I think that is what happens but it almost sounds like a oh I'm gonna flip this you are my number one priority I'll make time for him just when it's convenient kind Mm -hmm. of thing I'm like well I understand what you're doing here but that sounds a little bit like too far um and Which, like, I would agree, but I've also been, like, in Rory's position where I've, like, made that decision of, no, my friend, because they did come first, like, I'm going to put them first priority, at least for now. Um, so, like, they do know, like, I obviously care about them, and I, like, value them as a human and, like, the connection we have um, and get back to that state of mind where we are 100% good we like are there for each other and then reintro- like reintegrate the boyfriend into like being prioritized and I think especially in like high school relationships that definitely is the case I think it gets harder as you get older because like I think of well like now being married it's like well my relationship with husband and kids needs to be priority over other people and you know and it's like kind of knowing of that moment of like because I mean most of the time people get very hopeful like where if they are prioritizing their significant other they feel like oh this is going to be long term so they can make that argument of like well they might be you know my partner for the rest of my life in which case they should be a priority but also knowing like, oh, we've been kind of dating for a month now, haven't figured out even what we are to each other. 
oh, maybe this person shouldn't be ranking above everybody else in my life. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. I think finding that balance can be hard, especially thinking of like Rory and being that young. But one thing, one of my favorite things that this brings us is when Lane's trying to talk to Rory about her obsession with Rich and his hair. I think she's more in love with his hair. Like she cannot stop talking about his hair. And, you know, Rory's in her school and Dean la la land. But when she goes to the inn and asks for the Rocky Road cookies. So mm-hmm. I don't really care about the cookies and all that, but Suki is amazing. Like, one, we get to see that, like, her staff listen to her crazy request. When she says stare at this, they literally will stare at it. Like, they respect her so much. But her doing the whole, like, the love and the Dean and the cookies and the love and the Dean and that thing, it's like, yes. anybody else doing that would have been annoying. Suki, I could listen to her do that for hours. Like, right? I could listen to Melissa McCarthy roasting me all day, every day in that voice. Yes. And I'll be completely fine. Like, she could rip my soul out and read what it says, like all the negative things that I've ever thought about myself. She could read it and be like so like devastatingly mean. And I will be like, I'm okay with this. I'm happy. Like this is giving me joy and life. Like keep doing this. And I'll be completely fine with it. Yep. I agree. Like, I don't know. She... Her voice, her fun, her pep. Like, no matter what she's talking about, she's got this pep that's adorable. Like, there's no better word for her. Um, oh, I love her. Okay. So, should we jump to Friday night dinner? A very yes. different Friday night dinner? Which I am... I loved when Lorelai... Is talking about like the snow and um, how it's quiet. And then Michelle hands the phone to Lorelai being like, it's your mother. And then she's like, uh, and now it's back to normal type of thing. Yeah. And with Emily being like, oh, it's snowing. Like it's dangerous. Like no one should drive in these conditions. So what time are you going to be here? Like that is such a mom. Thing because like my mother has thought that to me a few times, which like is understandable. I am good at driving. I am not saying I'm the best driver because I'm not the best driver, but I'm like I feel like I'm very good at driving. I have made like blizzard drives before, and I will do them again, and can do them again if I need to. But that is such a mom thing of no matter how bad it is outside, if your child is going to be seeing you, you are not going to give that up. Right. When there's a will, there's a way kind of thing. Yes. And and I think for Emily, she prioritizes family duty over weather, even though she can't mm-hmm. control the weather. To her, it's like, well, this comes first. So, you know, <laughs> Um and, oh my gosh, I I love that it worked out the way. Obviously, that, you know, paints the whole episode because otherwise Lorelai and Max wouldn't have been able to have their date. But the Friday night dinner of Emily, Richard, and Rory is so sweet. Like, I love it. And it is. 
there's there's so many things like I feel like we could talk for an hour about all the different pieces of information that we get, the interactions, everything. It's so great. Like you've got Emily and Richard and it's like they don't know what to do because their cook can't make it in. And it's like this panic of, you know, what do we do? We have no food. We can't go out. You know, like that's Richard's like, oh, we'll just go out and, you know, shows that he doesn't fully listen to Emily when she's talking, especially when she sounds like she's stressing about something. I think he kind of tunes out. And I think that is a common part of their dynamic is that Richard has selective listening skills and sometimes he pretends not to be listening and sometimes he just truly tunes out. And then Emily, like, she is a planner. She likes structure and plans and for things to work out well. And then when things get thrown in there, she goes into this tizzy of what are we going to do? And the, I love when they go when, you know, Rory says like, oh, we'll whip something up. And they look, well, they say fridge. It's a freezer that they look in, not the fridge. Yeah. It is a stocked freezer. And it's like, nothing, not a blessed thing. It's like, one is like, okay, there's plenty there. Two, I get that because it's almost all things that you have to prepare. And when you're hungry, you're like, well, no, none of this seems right. Right. And like, especially with um, how she says, did they find the pizza? She's like, oh, I didn't buy that. Like, that's the maid who did. Um, and then when they are eating it, and Richard's like, oh, this is good. Like, you should try it. And she's like, no. And he's like, ooh, it's better than that salmon. And then yeah. she's like, well, that salmon is a delicacy. Like, they, I don't think they know how to, like, prepare their food that they eat. Because they, no. one, never had to really, like, cook for themselves. But it's also like, I would not trust them <laughs> to cook what they would normally eat. Because they are chefs. We see some of their cooking skills in future episodes. Like Emily, her specialty is mashed banana on toast. And we get to see that, I think, next episode. So stay tuned for that and the reactions of that. And Richard, he does make something that is apparently kind of good, but looks like just like goulash or something. Like... Or some kind of hash. I don't know. But, like, I mean, Emily sticks her nose up at it big time. But, you know, like, we do get to see them each make something. But I, those are the only things that are coming to mind that either of them make the entire series, unless I'm forgetting about something, which is very possible. But I love that they end up liking the frozen pizza. Oh, yeah. Like, frozen pizza is a staple at the Gilmore house and at the Burgett house. <laughs> What's your go-to frozen pizza? Ooh, whatever's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but if like I could buy any frozen pizza, like no matter the cost, it would be first comes to mind DiGiorno stuffed crust supreme pizza, or there was this cauliflower. Crust one. I'm blanking on the name. I've only had a cauliflower. No, um, another one. I don't remember what the other one is that we've gotten. It's like a tan reddish 
box. I can picture the box. I don't remember what it's called. It is we, so good. <laughs> I like cauliflower crust. That's something that at first I was like, um, I feel like that's not as good. But then I tried, I'm like, oh no, this is great. Like, I love it. Um, it's not as filling though, but it's delicious. And I know like we have kind of a thing of when we go grocery shopping, like unless we're just getting like two things, but if we're like stocking up on groceries, then we have pizza that night for dinner. Like that's just our our norm, especially because we usually do grocery shopping in the evening. So it's like, okay, just throw the oven on while we're putting groceries away to make pizza. Mm -hmm. And we always do Adam likes the lots of matzo um pizza yes, that is a good brand so that's always what he gets and then like i i'll eat that kind but it's not my favorite but more because like i'm sensitive to lactose and that's just too much cheese for me um i love cheese though but you know whatever it doesn't like me as I much put extra cheese on <laughs> i would like when i would have like just bags of cheese when i had roommates i would cook um, I would put some shredded cheese on the pizza and then cook it or right when it's out of the oven, sprinkle some and get it like freshly melted. Mm -hmm. That's what it my stepdad does. He always has to doctor up no matter what is on the pizza. He always has to doctor it up and add more. Um, but I always like, I go with the Bellatoria sausage pizza. I really like that stuff. DiGiorno is sometimes my my like backup i like the stuffed crust um of that especially like i like meat i like i go for like the three meat or the all meat like of any kind of pizza that's my go-to and then okay so something that they talk about at the dinner that i forget about and i i don't think it ever gets mentioned again i think it's like mentioned this once that emily has a sister like does that yes, ever get brought yes, up again no, like we know another like spinoff of this show that I would love is like except I'd want it to be able to be Kelly Bishop playing Emily but I want to see her backstory like we don't know anything about Emily's family or her upbringing other than like we know that she went from her parents house to college to be with Richard and it's like we know that she went to college and it sounds like she grew up in a wealthy family as well. But, like, we know nothing about her family or her upbringing. And, like, I want to know. I do, too. Like, I think that would be even just, like, a few episodes here and there would have been amazing. Yeah, I would have loved so, like, to see, like, Emily and Richard's Emily. story. Like, Emily and Richard, the early years. Like, <laughs> see them yeah. in college and I know they went to different colleges, but like see them in their college years and falling in love. And I don't know. I would have loved that. But the hard thing is I'd want it to be them like the same actors, which is not possible for multiple reasons now. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, Edward Herman. He's amazing. Like, oh, my Fantastic. gosh. I've listened to audiobooks that he read. Like I, his voice is just so comforting. No matter what he's like, saying. Very true. I remember when he was on Grey's Anatomy. And yes. I could not, for the life of me, picture where he was from. And then it just clicked. I think it was the second episode he was in. I'm like, oh, 
it's Richard. Like, how did I not see that before? When he plays and an intern, is, doesn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. So oh, my, oh my gosh, it's horrible. so weird. Uh, I never made it through all of Grey's. I only made it through like the first five or six seasons. But one day um, I'll conquer it. We'll see. The next season premiere is next week. And I'm so excited. Um, another piece of information that I think they just changed is they mention Lucinda Lester that Richard says that he could have married Lucinda Lester. And I don't know, is that supposed to be the same person as Penelon Lott, who we hear about and meet later on as who he was, could have ended up marrying like that Emily kind of stole him from in a sense. Um, or was there this Lucinda I, Lester and then Penelon Lott right away after or something? I think it was that because Richard like has commented how he was in college and the debauchery that he was a part of. Yeah. So I could definitely see him play the field in college. Yeah, I I get that. Have multiple dates a week with various women. Yeah. I think that's probably it's at least a definite possibility. Um okay, and then when so Rory goes into Lorelai's old room. So we get so much information there too. So one we get to see Lorelai's old dollhouse, which I love and I I now as an adult want a beautiful big dollhouse like that like as a kid I never wanted one I was good just having you know played with my Barbies but never was like felt the need for a dollhouse or anything like that but now it's like I want that like it's so mm-hmm. beautiful um I even wrote in um my note saying like love the dollhouse if I could have any house like when I'm older it would be that kind of house because it looks so good on like the outside and just like on a bigger scale it would be fantastic like I love that porch that they have and like the double like I think it was what two three stories I don't know, it's big. It's really big. With the attic. Like, and it just, like, looks like a country kind of home. Yep. And it's just, like, that's what I want. I want to be in the country. And, like, don't get me wrong, I love the city. So, like, I don't want to be, like, super far away from the city. But, like, I want to be enough distance away where it's, like, I can relax and not have to worry about the commotion in the city. And that kind of feel to it that house gives that kind of feel and vibe yeah i it's it's gorgeous it's very very large but beautiful um also up there so we get to see pictures of chris and lorelei and you know that's sweet um it's i don't know it's like, we haven't met Chris yet, so it is a little bit weird to, like, see pictures of Christopher and Lorelai as, like, teenagers, 
before we actually meet mm-hmm. the character. Like we we've gotten little mention of like Lorelai saying that Dean looks like Christopher, reminds her of Christopher, and mm-hmm. now we get this little picture here. It's it's weird. Like I feel like we're just getting these little sprinkles of him of like, okay, we got his name and a mention of him. Okay, we get this old picture of him that's very distant where we can't make anything out. And like it's kind of these breadcrumbs of getting there, which is very interesting like introduction to a character Mm -hmm. i will add they look like very similar to the actual actors like i love how they found people who look like the younger version of themselves i think so too like i don't mean to give any spoilers for future episodes but we do get a flashback in a future episode with Lorelai and Christopher as teenagers. And I wish that they would have used been able to use the same people that they got to do the pictures. I like the Lorelai that they use overall, but I don't know. It's interesting that like they were able to get such good pictures of people that looked like young Chris and Lorelai. Um, and I wish that they could have had that same type of thing in a future episode. Mm-hmm. But that's a ways away. Like, watch it be like Lauren Graham and I always forget the guy who plays Christopher, but like I guarantee David if it's not like Yes. I guarantee that if they didn't find people who looked like their younger selves, they found pictures of their younger selves and like photoshopped it together. They might have done that. I could have seen that. Which that's easier to it do for a like picture than very close to how they would look like younger yeah which and then so like rory brings the photo album down and like they're looking at the picture of lorelei for the debutante ball and the tension oh my goodness like so much tension and awkwardness when rory asks about lorelei's coming out party and the dress and everything which like she's beautiful always but like i love like even a picture of young Lorelai and that is like, I love that. But I do like that it, that tension and everything around that situation, it tracks in a later episode, which is, yep. which is really nice. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of everything with the Friday night dinner. It's just, it's, it's such a different Friday night dinner and I love it. It is. I like seeing those three bond just together. Like, don't get me wrong, I love when Lorelai is in it, but I love seeing them connect. It's a different dynamic. It is. Like, I remember growing up and spending, like, either a long weekend or a week with my grandparents and then primarily, like, my grandmother. Um, It's just comforting and so peaceful where you don't have like you're out of your normal routine and you don't have to think about it it's like i'm here to relax and have fun and decide what we get to do for the day like whether go to a park go on a walk do a cool dinner like spending that time just the three and then the two of us is like comforting and bonding to where like when you are older and 
your grandparents passed away. It's like you have that those memories and those experiences to look back on being like, I had my personal time with them that will only be special to me. And seeing them make those memories in the show is just like amazing. Especially because I love Orlai with it too when they those three have their thing. But coming from like a grandchild. Right. Well, and it's a completely different relationship between like grandparents and grandchildren than it is Mm -hmm. to like parents and children. And it's nice to see Rory, Emily and Richard, because like they don't have much history. Like they don't have memories, many memories at least already formed. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to see that they are getting those formed now, you know, and that they are still able to build that relationship because they are building it. Like, even though, they've lived half an hour apart and Rory's 16, like they are building a relationship. Like it's not already there other than just, mm. you know, yes, we're related and we've had positive interactions over holidays, but not anything like real personal and getting to know each other. And yeah. that's nice to see. And then we don't see like the end of like the next morning or what it was like for Rory to spend the night or whatever, but we do get to see, Rory coming home and finding out that Max slept over. So do you think that Rory should be as shocked as she is that Max is there? Yes, because they even said um, when Lorelai is talking with Rory about it, being like, you know, I would have like talked to you about it. And, like, giving you a heads up. And then Rory being like, well, I understand that, like, you are an adult and you don't right. have to do this. Like, have to give me that heads up and, like, would expect something like this would happen. But she even says, like, but not with my teacher. So I do feel like she is warranted to, like, kind of be abrasive about it. Of Like, he's my teacher. Like, I never thought that this would happen. Like, you could have given me that heads up, but like Rory even said when trying to call Lane, like the phones weren't working. So Right. She couldn't she have really given that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like that part's understandable, but like I definitely think that Rory is warranted to have that kind of feeling and opinion towards it. I think that it makes sense for her to be surprised that he spent the night and that he was there because that is not a norm. I thought it was weird when Lorelai says, I have a man in the house and she asks who it's like, well, who does she think it would be? Like that felt a little bit weird to me that she was like, well, who? And then was like, what? Like, why? Like my teacher and it's like, well, okay, you know that they're starting to date. Like that was already established and gone through. So that was a little bit weird to me that, like, she was surprised that it was Max that was there when she knew there was a guy. But I also think, like, Rory is so young and naive, and we see that so often and big time when she's talking with Lorelai, and she's got this thought of, like, oh, are you in love with him? And it's like, they had one date, and mm-hmm. Rory thinks that Lorelai might be in love with him and already know if he's the one. Like, she asks her that, and it's like they went on one date. Like 
you might be hopeful and, you know, excited and feel like, oh, like we could have a future, but like you typically are not going to know unless there's more history than there is with these guys. You're not going to know if you're in love with that person or if they are the one after one date, Mm -hmm. even if it was, as they said, a world series level date. Um, Yeah. I like that. But my biggest like, like revelation in this episode is in the end it's like rory is the lane in loreline max's relationship like (laughs) you see rory (laughs) looking at loreline max sitting there on the couch all lovey-dovey and she is now being pushed out in a sense not really but like she's a little bit being left out like there was miscommunication between loreline rory and She's a little bit on the out and has to make room for this new person, just like how Lane was feeling looking at Rory and Dean. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that is a way for like later, because Rory does get better with like making sure that Lane knows that she is an important part of Rory's life. And I definitely think having that experience so quick with Lane, like, be like, no, this is what you did, and this is how I felt, um, and kind of, like, putting her in check, and then having Rory, like, feel the same way, and kind of realize, like, oh, this feeling isn't good, like, right. and actually, like, understanding where Lane is coming from. I agree. Like, I do feel bad for Rory, because, like, they did have a plan to have that walk and like enjoy the snow like together. And then it's just like, Oh, well, I guess that's on the back burner now. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, I think that is something too, like a lesson that's good to learn in a sense, you know, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Okay, did you have any remaining thoughts or things that you wanted to share about the episode before we get into our wrap-up topics? Um, let me... I don't... Oh, no, because they're, they're actually kind of part of my quote. Okay. I feel like when we go through quotes, we always touch on the random things. Yes. Um, so let's jump into the quotes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So all I have a lot of Lorelai, of course, but one that is not my only one that does not include Lorelai in any way is Emily to Rory about the pizza when she says, Rory, that's food you eat at a carnival or a Turkish prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, all the rest of mine have Lorelai. Do you have any that do not include Lorelai at all? Yes. So, with Taylor, um, and I think it's Andrew's work, um, in selling lava lamps. Yes. Um, and where Taylor's like, the only use, um, of lava lamps are when you're on drugs or it was something to that effect. Yeah, and I even put on here being like, "Yeah, that tracks." Like the amount <laughs> of times that um, when I had a lava lamp when I first moved, um, like I would just stare at it when I was baked, just like 
zoning out and looking at it. Because, like, it's peaceful and so pretty to look at. Um, so, yes, Taylor is very, very correct on that. Um, I disagree, though. I think it's like, okay, a lava lamp could be cool no matter what. Oh, yeah. Because oh. I, like, I had a lava lamp when I was younger, and I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was under no influences whatsoever, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like, I loved my love lamp when I was younger, too. But, like, right now, with who I am, yes, I am surprised that I don't have, like, 10 lava lamps in and this apartment. the only purpose for an adult to have a lava lamp. Because, yeah. I mean, I, in a sense, like, outgrew having a lava lamp, I could say. You know, like, I had one as a kid and thought it was super cool. But I don't have one now and wouldn't. Like, but as you said, it can be if you're just like in a zone where you're just like staring at something can be kind of that mesmerizing, relaxing kind of thing. So, okay. Anyway, next. <laughs> um, where was it? Um, I thought I had one more. Oh, um, oh, where did it go? While you're looking, I can share some of my Lorelai ones. Yes. So there's this simple one of everything's magical when it snows. And probably my favorite, if I did have to pick one line from the entire episode, this one is what it would be. And it's Lorelai to Michelle. Five minutes in the snowball fight, we could knock that stick right out of your butt. Yes. Do you, do you find yes. it or do you want me to do my last two? Um, I did not find it. It is actually a Lorelai one. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was the buttocks, um, yeah. comment where, um, Michelle not liking snow and then the, like, eating your friend's buttocks and then Suki being like, is that a real suggestion? Who said it? Michelle. Oh, uh, great. Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I like Lorelai and Sugi's thing of like, of when she asks, is that a real suggestion? She's like, okay, think about who said it. She's like, oh yeah, Michelle. So no, that's not, that's not serious. I can move on with my life. One of mine that I have is more about how it's said than actually what's said. And that's Lorelai to Max of I've dated and, you know, dated but I've just never dated yeah. here in our house. Like that one is just the way she says it. I love. Yes. I love Lorelai when she says things like that. Um, another one that I have is in the beginning where after the cold open, where um, Lorelai says, close your eyes and breathe. And she's saying, I smell snow. And then Rory's like, that's called frostbite. <laughs> Uh, which is fair. Um, I also I have a Rory one. one. I'm going to share yes, my Rory one, and then you can go. Because this is Rory to Lorelai. Um, I know you're not a cat person, so you truly will be alone if you don't find someone. And I like that yes. one, especially because like, I feel like Rory and Suki both kind of give Lorelai so much pressure of, if you don't find someone, you're going to die alone. Like, yes. Me. Constantly. Um, my other yeah. Lorelai is, hey, hey, babe, Sergeant Pepper. 
Yes. Oh, I loved Lane's little band outfit. She's cute. Yeah. Did you have any more quotes? Um, it's one word. Flakage. What is it? Flakage. Oh, flakage. Yes. <laughs> That's a weird word. Um, okay, so... <laughs> We do get some more Gilmore staff. They have a new cook named Florence and a new maid named Anna. And then for food in this episode, so we've got the hot dogs at the town meeting that Lorelai and Rory are eating. And then the Rocky Road cookies for Dean, obviously. The frozen pizza at the Gilmore's. And Lorelai and Max eat Fiesta Burgers. And it sounds yes, like Max's the, was spicy. Yes. Yes. Um, and then favorite character or characters this episode. I have Ooh. two. Mine's a tie. And mine Where is mine's Lane and Lorelai. Like Lane gets so much of my like emotion, and I just want to hug her in this episode, and like. I feel like she she gets so beat up, but in such a sweet way. Like, I don't think she's like, I feel like someone in that situation can be really annoying. And I don't think she is. Like, I feel like she is so nice and sweet about all of it. Like, yes, she tries to call Rory out when I feel like that's that's allowed. Like, they have a relationship where they should be able to do that, you know? And yes. sometimes you feel insecure about something. I'm glad that she voiced it when she did. And... I just, my heart went out to her so much in this episode. I just wanted to hug her. And Lorelai, she is so cute and giddy and sweet. And I love, love when she goes and talks to Lane and kind of helps her through the whole thing. And like, she's able to make Lane smile, you know, and she's just such a, like a great pseudo mom. And like, I love their kind of mother daughter relationship that they have too. Mm -hmm. So like they, the two of them split it for me this week. Okay. Um, I love that. I definitely love Lorelai and Lane's dynamic, um, especially as someone who did have basically a second mom growing up. Um, and having that relationship definitely helped me. Um, I would also say Lane is one of my top for this episode. Um, he's like, I do relate to Lane as well with like being on the back burner with some like relationships and friendships and kind of feeling bad for calling it out and like getting to that point where like you're having to call it out and be like, no, you're treating me like poop. Like I thought I was like more important to kind of thing. Um, but I would also say Luke is also my favorite so it's a tie as well because of luke's compassion and like i think every time that luke shows compassion he'll always be my favorite because it's so genuine and like him realizing you know what i'm going to look at it from a different perspective and he like just opens his heart more and is just so loving when he is a very loving person in general but he doesn't have those like slight comments when he's like right. being genuinely 
compassionate and vulnerable. Um, but I would say Suki. It's a three-way tie. Suki, whatever episode she is in, she is on. You had to ruin the L's. We had all L names going here, and then I you did. throw Suki I, in instead of Luki. Well, I guess to. Luke is in there. <laughs> Luki. Um, but no, like Suki, just like the dance and how happy and giddy she is, and just like even with her job with um I'm blanking, I believe she says his name. But like the like her worker with like staring she at does. the. She does. I don't remember it though. Um, which like his face wins it all, honestly. <laughs> with the yes, I'm happy, and then the split second when um Suki turns to like walk away, his face just like drops, being like, yep. "I'm literally having you this." That is me at work every single day but i feel like he is like i don't think that he's like mocking her though i think that he genuinely respects her just is not like you can't expect other people to be at suki's level of Mm -hmm. like everything um but i think that her staff like really does respect her where they're like yes i will humor you in staring at this and i'll be happy about it but i'm not gonna force myself to show that while I'm doing yes. it. Yes. Yeah. I, and like, I was thinking I was going to pick Suki in the beginning of this episode, but then Lane and Lorelai stole it away from her for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's now going to be an unspoken rule unless Suki just does something, like, super over-the-top amazing. Um, Suki will always be my number one or number two. Just add it in. Like, or if there is an episode, because I think there is one episode I don't agree with Suki, and I don't like care for in an episode. Does it I don't involve bacon wallpaper? <laughs> the Billy Bass Fish. Me? Oh, oh yes. It is See, because like I, that's one that jumps out at me. Is like, ah, oh, Suki, I love you, but stop. But yes, my favorite favorite Suki episode. My absolute favorite where I can't even, it's a great episode, but I I don't know for sure because I think there's a lot of people that are great in it, but I think I'm going to only be picking her because she just kills me in it. But that one, I can't even think of what, that's not even the season. No, it's a Thanksgiving one, but I think it's a few seasons away. <laughs> oh, I know. I know exactly which one. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. Okay. Anyway, ratings. What would you rate this episode? <sighs> I would rate it a 7.8. Nice. Um, because it, you get the Rory and the grandparents. Mm-hmm. You get Lorelai and Max. And, like, they're one. They actually get minus one. Um, Point one off of it, so it's going to be seven point seven because I would have murdered them for talking in the movie theater when a horror movie is playing and like a classic as House from a Haunted Hill. Like, like nope, you you two can get out of here now. Please and thank so you. No, I like, questioned I, that, but I kind of wrote it off as 
it's a movie that everyone has seen and there's not that many people there and Lorelai's the queen of stars hollow. So she gets to do whatever she wants and people don't care. Most oh, yeah, like, don't care. <laughs> she, she can talk. It's Max who does not get that liberty. To talk. So he can't respond or speak. That makes sense. No. I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. I, one of the first times I'm actually rating lower than you. I'm going with a seven out of 10 coffee cups. I, um, I think there's a lot of great things. Like I love seeing Emily and Richard and Rory together. I love Lorelai and Max's story in this. Cause you know, it's just cute and giddy. Um, I like the reenacting stuff. I think the big thing is that like, I like, like all of it, but there's nothing that I like really love about this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the Friday night dinner is great, but I feel like for me to have loved it, we would have needed more of it. Mm-hmm. And where I was like, oh, we get a taste and I like that. Um, okay, I guess the one thing that I loved in this episode was Suki about the love and the deed and the cookies, but that's just this one little part. So it's not enough to like. And Suki still didn't get a I know. I know. I was all the decency to bring that. Do you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going fan. with the mayor who disappears. No, just kidding. Um, and I, I, I really like it. We get the first. <laughs> I really like it. We get the first town meeting, but it it has pieces of a, a normal town meeting, but doesn't quite feel real yet. And I think because mm-hmm. they still have that mayor there, and so you know, so like, there's a lot of things I really like. Which I mean, that's why I give it a seven, is because it is a good episode. Um, I just know there's a lot that I like more. But Mm -hmm. okay, that is it then. So we are going to be going for a while to like every other week releasing episodes. Um, We will in time get to where we can do weekly, but this will give you a little bit more time to to keep up with us if you feel like the episodes are are too long because we get long winded, but all are wonderful, perfect things to talk about. You can argue if you want. Um, But we are going to try to stick with primarily Sundays being the release dates, but just every other for a while and make sure to follow us on social media. We are at copper boom PCAST on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and email us. We would love to start getting some emails that we can read on the recordings and kind of go through questions and some of our listeners thoughts and feedback. Our email is copper boom PCAST at gmail.com. And that is all that we have for episode eight. Next episode will be Rory's Dance, which there might be some extra special things that we're going to go through with that. Because if you have the DVD version, there is some goodies and gossip about that episode in the extras on the DVD. So fun stuff with that. Um, I do plan on watching the extras to see if there's anything great we can talk about from there as well but it's also a fun episode i like it are we going Spoiler. to like facetime me into this so i could also do that <laughs> we could probably do that i am not an apple fruit phone person though so we won't be able to do facetime but we can do something um but yes so fun stuff coming up any last words from you thomas um this episode needed pudding and Paris. 
It was missing the piece. Yes, including in Paris. And Kirk. We got Kirk. He was in the. Oh, he was one of the reenactors. I, I he got tea. He wanted tea from Luke. Um, and he was stepping on the musket. Ah, I actually yeah. forgot about Kirk in this episode. How do you forget about Kirk? He's the most unforgettable character in this show most of the time. He, he was very like, quiet in this normal, one. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Okay, so <laughs> that is all. We love you all. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. So bye. Bye. Copper boom. <laughs>